Amen? What a, what a great way to start the year, right? Same God, it's just a new year. Amen? Right? I, I love that. I saw that and I said, you know, we, we have to start the first Sunday of 2021 with that because, uh, you know, sometimes when we, when we get to uh, New Year's, uh, we make resolutions and a quick survey. How many of you, uh, good or bad, you know, how many, any resolutions? You don't have to say what they are. If you've made a few, uh, one, right? How many you've already broken? Three days in, pushing reset button, right? Nothing wrong with resolutions. In fact, you know, sometimes uh, I like to use the new year, calendar year, as a kind of a reset reflection time here at the church. We, our fiscal year runs uh, calendar year, so even through December, Early December, as church leaders, we begin praying for God's vision for 2021 and what that means, uh, even the budget and everything. So, so there's nothing wrong with that. I like this. You know, sometimes you have a vacation from work or school's out and you have some downtime maybe. And so this transition calendar-wise uh, can be a good time. You know, the life is so busy. We go, we go, we go. And, and this is one of those seasons where maybe if we can uh, call time out on all the busyness of traditions and everything, uh, you may get some, you know, vision from God for your life uh, for 2021. Uh, so sometimes there's resolutions. I like that video uh, because to me, that's a, that's a New Year's reaffirmation. Amen? Right? Sometimes what we need to do as we go into a new year is spend some time with the Lord and reaffirm some biblical truth reaffirm biblical convictions, reaffirm our identity in Christ, reaffirm, you know, everything that God has done through 2020. Quick survey for you here and you at home. How many of you, despite everything that happened in 2020, how many of you can honestly say, God grew me, God blessed me, I I just matured spiritually in 2020? How many of you just say, yes, right? Because we know Romans eight twenty eight, all things work for the good. And, and even through this 2020, God grew us, even as a church, even as a church. And uh, I want to encourage us as we move into 2021, uh, even today and then through January, take time. Take time, if you haven't already, to pause and say, Father, where am I? Father, is there something in the 2021 that you would have me to focus on? And, and we're going to look at that uh, today. It was interesting. I went back as I was preparing for today's message. I went back to last year. And on January 26th of 2020, uh, there was a message preached. Uh, and the title of that message was Faith to Face the Unexpected in 2020. Right? Faith to Face the Unexpected in 2020 preached uh, on January 26th of last year. And it's kind of funny, you know, because I went back and, and I actually listened to it. And, and it's kind of weird to say, oh, I listened to myself. But uh, if I disconnect from me being the message and I go back and I just actually, the content of biblical truth, that message was pretty, you know, I was like, wow, that guy's good. Oh, wait, no, that's me, you know. But it was, <laughs> but it was really God's word. And, and it actually even spoke to me a year ago, faith to face the unexpected in 2020. And this year's title for, for you know, our launch into 2021, uh, it's, a, it's a different sense. It's called Good to Go. Good to Go in 2021. And, and you know, we're going to see today that if we will take time to really reflect on and meditate on the scriptures and the, the passage, we're going to 
uh, be looking at this morning, in many ways, you can leave here with maybe a different sense that when you, when you arrived, you say, you know what? We're good to go. Good to go in 2021. And so uh, we're going to be looking, uh, our passage is going to be in John 16, but to kind of give you some context, in John 13, uh, chapters 13 to 17, there's something called the upper room discourse. And the context of the upper room discourse is that in a very short time, in just a matter of hours, Jesus is going to be arrested. He's going to be put on trial, crucified, and ultimately uh, he'll die and he'll be resurrected. So within a few hours of that happening, Jesus is in the upper room with his boys, with his disciples, and he begins to teach them, to prepare them for what is about to happen, right? In fact, in John 13, 1, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover... When Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So Jesus knows time is up. I'm going to leave the planet. I'm going to go back to my Father, okay? So that's the context. And and he says, you know what? I I, I want to speak to you. And he speaks uh, to them in in chapters 14 through 16. In John 17, he has this, you know, very famous prayer to his Father. But the heart of 14 and 16 is to prepare them for what's about to come. And as we sit here on January 3rd, 2021, truth is we don't know what's about to come in the specifics. In the specifics. We know we live in a fallen and a broken world, right? And and we know uh, there will be tribulations as we're going to see. But we don't know the specifics. And, And in many ways, what my heart is for us this morning is that we would have that sense that God is going to speak to us to prepare us for this page turner, what I call it, into 2021. Okay, so uh, in John 16, he concludes speaking to his disciples, and he says this in verse 32 and 33. He says, Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Okay, back to uh, verse 32. Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. So what he's saying is, hey, very quickly, they're going to come, they're going to arrest me, you guys are going to scatter, right? In Matthew 26, uh, 56, it says, then all the disciples left him and fled. And then later in Matthew 26, Peter denies Jesus three times. So he, he's telling the truth. Hey, there's going to be a scattering. You guys, despite all the teachings, you've been with me, uh, you're going to freak out. You're going to freak out. You're going to get scared and you're going to scatter for a bit, for a bit. And, and I think about that um, in light of 2020, you know, just kind of as I was working through this, that when everything hit in March, and even through the summer, uh, even within the church, I think there was a bit of a scattering. You know, oh, we can't meet here Sundays, you know, and, and what are we going to do? And, you know, a lot of us through 2020 had to grow in the realm of technology, right? And you had to figure out how to get on YouTube or Zoom, you know, and then, and then not only get into the, the mechanics of technology, but then to go like, but, but I don't like this. This isn't the same, you know? And, and are we still the church, even though we're not all there together? And, and I want to encourage you, uh, maybe into 2021, one of the resolutions for us as a church is to be the church. 
whether it's you're allowed you know, to be here in person based on your conditions, whether you uh, can be, join us by live stream, whether you listen to us during the week, uh, I want to encourage you. Uh, Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, when it says not neglecting to meet together, that is not in the context of having to be here. Okay? What, What that verse means is that's a military term where you desert your post and you've left. You can be committed to the church on live stream and Everyone turn again and wave over there. If they can, I don't know if they can see you, but right. You are as much a part of this church as everyone here. Amen. Because what connects us is our heart and our love for the Lord and for each other. The church is made up of the people. Sure. We love to be here in person. And would we love to be in the worship center? Absolutely. But here's the thing. Don't let the circumstances, don't let the enemy get into your head that, oh, just because I can't be there physically because of my health or whatever circumstances, I'm really not part of the church. I'm on the JV. I'm on, you know, I'm on the outs. You're not on the outs. If you are a believer in Jesus, you are part of the church. Amen? Amen. And when it says to encourage one another to love and good works, right, you can do that without having to necessarily be here physically on a Sunday morning. I just want to encourage you. All right, I want to affirm you. I know that uh, given the current pandemic situations and you know everything you're hearing on the news and all of that, that everyone is in a different place trying to work through it. I get that. We get that as leadership. And we want to just affirm you at home. We want to affirm you here. We are the church. And what connects us is our love for one another. Jordan talks about one. It's our one anothering. How do you want another? Well, you could do it here Sunday. Uh, You can do it Tuesday night on the Zoom. You can do it with the men's groups. You know, there's so many ways to one another, especially with technology, that we don't want there to be any necessary guilt or condemnation about not being able to be here physically. Amen? The flip side of that is this. If you want to make a resolution for 2021, drive the stake in the ground that you're going to be committed to the church. Drive the stake in the ground. You're going to be committed. If you can't be here in person, be committed that Sunday at 10 a.m., you're going to do it. Just be committed. Drive a stake in the ground to be part, an active participant in the church in 2021. Amen? Right? Just right, right off the bat. So Jesus says, you're going to be scattered, you know, but it's okay, you know. Father's with me, okay? And that, that whole application, just something that God put on my heart because there was a scattering. We know that through 2020, but through 2021, let's just resolve on the first Sunday, drive the stake in the ground, be a part of the church, amen? Okay, let's just do that. In verse 33, he says this, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Now remember, peace in the New Testament is not the absence of conflict, Okay, peace means security, safety, harmony, quietness. It really comes out of a relationship with God. It's a fruit of the spirit. Okay, so whatever your circumstances is, Jesus is saying in him, you can have peace in Christ. And John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. 
Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Okay? So in Christ, we can have peace. Then he says, in the world, you will have tribulation. What does that word tribulation mean? Well, it means pressure or oppressing together. How many of you in some way, shape, or form in the last year, or maybe in the last three days, first three days, how many of you have felt some pressure? Pressing together, right? Financial, relational, health, right? Whatever it is. Just that word tribulation means pressure or pressing together. Affliction, trouble, anguish, distress, burdened, right? Jesus says, very honestly, hey, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have tribulation. 1 Peter 4.12, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. 2 Timothy, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Okay, so here's the deal. Into 2021, Jesus is honest. Okay? It's not a, you know, some people uh, kind of, misconstrue Christianity like you come to Jesus and, and everything's going to be hunky-dory, right? No, no. Jesus says, you will have tribulation, okay? So as we launch into 2021, there's a, there's a realism, and I love the realism. You will have tribulation, okay? But then he says this, but take heart. And this is what I really, you know, this is the, the core of what we're going to focus on. Take heart, Now, in other uh, translations, it means take courage, be of good cheer. So when he says take heart, it says be courageous. In the world, in in, in 2021, you will have tribulation, but be courageous. Be of good cheer. Now, it's very interesting because when he says take heart or when he says be of good cheer, it's a command. Think about that for just a moment. In 2021, you and I will have tribulation, but we are commanded to be courageous. We are commanded to be courageous. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? It's, it's, how many of you have ever had somebody uh, come alongside? You're going through something. Let's say you're going through something, you know, you got your heart broke or, you know, you're going through some tribulation. Have you ever had anyone come alongside you and go, it's going to be Okay. Keep your chin up. Be strong and courageous, right? You've had people come alongside you. And how many of you have wanted to punch them? (laughs) Right? Like, you kind of get their pep talk. You kind of get like, it's going to be okay. And you're like, but you don't understand. But you don't get it, right? And and they're they're trying the best. It's going to be okay. Chin up, chin up. Sun will come up tomorrow, right? And, and you just want to go, right? Because you're like, okay, I get it. Thank you for your love and support, but you, you don't get it. I mean, and, and, and it's kind of this weird thing. Well, what Jesus is saying here is take heart, be of good courage. It is not a superficial pep talk. Okay, it is not that. And sometimes I think even as Christians, we read that and he's like, oh, he's just telling me to keep my chin up and the sun will come up tomorrow and it'll be roses. No. There is something going on in this verse which takes the focus off of us and onto him. And, it's, and it's, very, it's very important that we understand what's going on here. It doesn't, when he says be courageous, it also doesn't mean be reckless, be unreasonable. No, he's giving you a brain. Use your brain as you face tribulations into, into the future. Be courageous, 
be wise, right? But it is so much more than this superficial pep talk, you know? And, and, and it's really interesting because he says this. He says, he says, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. Then he says, I have overcome the world. Here's why. He gives you the reason why you can be courageous. He gives us the, the basis for our courage, okay? Because he has overcome the world. What does that mean? It means to be victorious. Now, what's interesting is that he didn't say, in the world you will have tribulation, so be courageous, period. Because if he had just left it with, hey, so take heart or be courageous, period, many of us might have turned in and say, but I'm not a courageous person. But I'm, I'm fearful and I'm scared and, and I'm weak and, and the world is so scary and, and this thing I'm facing is so big. You see, he didn't say, hey, be courageous and just leave it there. He gave us the basis for courage. He gave us the reason that we can move into 2021 and beyond with courage. And it's not about us. He says, take heart. I have overcome the world. The basis for my courage, the basis for your courage in whatever tribulation you will face is his victory. Amen. It's not your resolve. It's not your good intentions. It's not mustering up emotion. We will be courageous. We will be of good cheer in any tribulation that can come based on Jesus' victory. You got you to gotta understand that. Now, you're like, but wasn't that in the New Testament? How, how does Jesus' you know, resurrection, you know, victory over sin and death, how does that apply to me today? Because sometimes we read the, the Bible as all past tense, Right? And he says, well, you know, he says, uh, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Wasn't he just talking to his disciples? I mean, how do you fast forward that pastor to 2021? I don't really, how does that work? What's the bridge between the upper room and the patio? What's the bridge between the upper room and the live stream? In my living room right now, what's the bridge? Well, here's a very important part of what's going on in that verse. When Jesus says, I have overcome the world, uh, there's a Greek grammar in that verb that's very important. He's written, it's written in what they call the perfect tense. Everyone say perfect tense. Okay. Now, how many of you kind of dreaded English grammar? Like, you know, verb, subject, predicate, right? Diagramming sentences. I was like, oh my gosh, right? But to understand the power of scripture the perfect tense means this and we, I, I, I wanted to put it up here. here's this a completed action in the past that has continuing impact in the present so when he says i have overcome the world it's written in the perfect tense so the way it's written the verb tense a completed action jesus resurrection okay a completed action that has continuing impact in the present. The way it's written fast forwards us to 2021, January 3rd. Amen? You gotta get that. This isn't some verse that talks about a past tense thing and we hang on to something that happened just in the past. 
When he says, I have overcome the world, it means, you know what? I am victorious over sin and death. And that victory goes all the way to January 3rd, 2021 and beyond. That's the basis for our courage. The reality of Jesus' victory over sin and death should be as real to you right now as it was to the early disciples. What transformed the disciples from being a bunch of scaredy cats in the upper room? Seeing Jesus. They were cowering. They thought they were next in line. One of the biggest uh, witnesses or testimonies to the truth of the resurrection is the transformed lives of the disciples. What was the transformed lives of the disciples based on? Jesus' resurrection. What will be the basis of our transformation in 2021 and beyond? His victory. Same victory. Same victory. It's a present tense result for us. As you sit here, Jesus overcoming the world should be as real to you as it was to his disciples. You got to take that. You got to take that into 2021. Okay? Skip Moen says this. Yeshua is telling us something incredibly important. What he accomplished in his death and resurrection, the event in the past, has continuing impact for us today. Because of him, we have overcome the world too. Yeshua says that we can take courage. We don't have to win the victory by ourselves. We don't carry the weight of the world on our shoulders alone. We have been rescued from the terror of being. No matter what we face in this life, Yeshua has overcome the final enemy. Amen? You see, a lot of us, I think our Christianity kind of morphs into this, well, I believe in Jesus, and I believe the Bible, and, and I, I, I read his promises, but I still have to carry the world on my shoulders. A lot of Christians do that. And when I face things, I'm just going to look at the Bible as a self-help manual. There's no living in dynamic relationship. There's no present tenseness to Jesus' victory. It's me carrying the world on my shoulders, asking Jesus to help me. It's a very subtle shift. It's a very subtle shift. And I love that perfect tense changes it all. It makes it real life. 1 Corinthians 15. But thank God, he gives us the victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? He gives us the victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Watchman Nee says this, oh, that we might learn the undefeatedness of God. Right? Think about that. Romans 8.35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Do you see how it brought it right back? We are more than conquerors through the overcomer Jesus. His victory makes us more than conquerors, all right? And what is that more than conquerors? It means you're super victorious. The opponent is completely routed. So as you move in to 2021, question for you. Three days in, are you moving into 2021 with courage, with confidence? Are you moving into 2021 like I'm more than a conqueror? 
Or did it just kind of happen? Is it just kind of like sliding into a new year and, you know, you kind of just fell into the same routine and you got the same stuff happening and it's like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I got to tell you, today, this moment, before you leave here, before you turn off your TV, you can have a radical experience right now. If you will choose, if you will just choose to appropriate these biblical truths, that Jesus' victory can be your victory. That you are more than a conqueror as you sit here. Because he was a conqueror, we are more than conquerors. As you sit here. As you sit here. See, what has happened to a lot of the, the, the country, a lot of the, even in, within the church, is we have allowed circumstances. We have allowed the externals to begin to dictate to us how we feel, how we think, how we're going to react. We just wait for the latest news. We wait for the latest guideline. We wait for the latest event. What this passage does for us today is it gives us back the power of choice. We don't have to be victims in 2021. We can be victors. Now that's a positional truth, but it's got to get to it's got to be your heart. It's got to be your heart. Right? We used to uh, uh, play in the church rec league uh, years ago when we first moved here, almost 20 years ago. And we were pretty successful on Tuesday nights. I believe we were playing uh, basketball over there at Sarasota Gym. And I got to tell you, we had a really good team. You know, some good players, you know, back in the day, Jamal, Jamal, I don't know if you're watching, you know, Galen, what's up, Galen? I don't know if you're watching. Uh, But we had some, we had a good team. And here's the thing, we weren't cocky. But we knew we were good. And, and there were times where we would show up and we didn't know who we were going to play. And, you know, and, and, you know, it was supposed to be fun, but we were all ultra competitive. And, and there were times, I'm just going to be honest, that we would show up and we knew we were going to win. We just knew. It wasn't disrespect to the other team, but, you know, we were a bunch of ex-athletes and we had the height and everything and some of the churches could only field like the wreck guys. <laughs> the guys that were out there just to have fun and, you know, run around and, and we were out there to win the championship. And, <laughs> and there were times where, where we would show up and deep down, and we were respectful and nice, but you just kind of knew we were going to be the conquerors that night. <laughs> right? In fact, it was kind of funny. We... Uh, we had this saying, um, and this may sound bad, but we had this saying that in the first half, we would play Old Testament, which is like eye for eye. Too. And, then, and then depending on, how, on the score at halftime, when we came off to the second half, we would go New Testament with grace and mercy and all of that. But uh, yeah, so we, and you could do that because, you know, sometimes you'd be like, yeah, you know, or you would take a break and you just let the other guys play who didn't get to play much. But you knew deep down we were confident that we were going to win that game. Even if there were moments where it got a little bit close or in the beginning it was close, deep down we knew all we had to do was turn it up a little bit and we were going to be victorious. And I think about that, that a lot of us, Jesus wants us to have that same sense. As you live your life, you are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror, right? Uh, Romans, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, again, but thank God he gives us the victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. What are the two things that really hamstring a lot of us, even as believers? Sin and death, we're already victorious over them. We're no longer a slave to sin. 
We can walk in newness of life. We have the power through Christ to say no to sin. Amen? And then death? We don't even have to fear death. Right? Our names are written in the book of life. If you're a believer, if you're a believer at home, as you sit here, your name right now is written in the book of life. There's no fear. And I think that same sense where if we can move as a church into 2021, kind of like, yeah, we got this. We're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. What can the world do to us? In, in, in that, not that we don't have struggles, not that we're going to have tribulation, because he said we're going to have tribulation, but in the end, we win. Now, why do we win? Because he won. See, this is what he's saying in John 16, 33. Take heart, be of, cur- be of good courage, because I have overcome. Perfect tense. What I did in the past goes all the way to the present, 2021 20, and beyond, right? So how do we, how do we make this real? How, how do we, if you're struggling with this and you're going like, okay, I get that, but I really, I need to, you know, I want to live this, right? First John 5, 4 and 5. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What is it? Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? It's faith. You got to have faith. Now, here's the important thing about faith. Again, kind of a challenging thing, but I want you to think about this. Faith has to have an object. Okay? Faith has to have an object. In the church, unfortunately, people have turned away from the object of their faith being Jesus to themselves. Okay? For instance, let me, let me explain to you. you. If you're here, or if you're at home, but you're here, you're sitting in a chair. Right? What is the object of your faith? The chair. The chair is the object of your faith. You believing that the chair is going to hold you up doesn't change the chair. You believing that the chair isn't going to hold you up isn't going to change the nature of the chair. You understand what I'm saying? The chair is the chair. You're putting your faith in the object, which is the chair. A lot of people believe that my faith, the object of my faith is me having faith. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of people in the church kind of get a little bit twisted up and tied up in knots because they believe that their faith is the object of their faith, when really their faith is in Jesus. That's why he says if you have faith as a mustard seed, right? Because what happens if you wake up tomorrow and you don't feel like you have faith? Uh Uh-oh. Jesus didn't change. Remember the video? It's the same God. The object didn't change. Your feelings, your health, whatever, your emotions might kind of waver a little bit. But here's the thing. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? The object of our faith doesn't change. So when it says here, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And then he says, who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Moving into 2021, keep your faith on the right object, Jesus. You got to keep your, object, your faith there, not on you. The basis of my faith is not me having faith. I exercise faith in Jesus, the unchanging Jesus, right? And because I exercise the faith, the unchanging Jesus, okay, 
I'm a vic, right? I'm more than a conqueror. I have victory. Why? Because the object of my faith is, is the overcomer. He's the ultimate victorious one. It doesn't have to do with me and how I feel. I choose to trust him. You see, you ha- you're putting your faith in that chair, right? What are you doing? You're just simply choosing to trust the object. You're just simply choosing to trust the object. You know, Robert, as you're sitting there, you can sit there and you can expend 10 times more energy by going, hold me up, chair, hold me up, chair, chair, chair. I'm going to hold, I'm helping you, chair, because I believe in you, chair. I'm helping you, chair. And the chair's like, no, you're not. You're not helping me, Robert. I'm the chair. (laughs) Just sit down and trust me. And sometimes in, in our walk with Jesus, we're like trying to help him. And he's like, quit trying to help me. Just believe me. Just believe me. And in the 2021, he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. Do you believe he's overcome the world? Do you believe he rose from the dead? Because if you believe he rose from the dead, then you're more than a conqueror and you have victory over sin and death as well. Put your faith in the object, the right object, him, him. Okay, that's what he's talking about here. Romans 5, 17, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. How many of you would like to live in triumph in 2021? How many of you like, like triumph? Now, we're not talking about no tribulations. We're just talking an inner core triumphant heart and attitude and mindset. Amen? Amen? Right? How do you get that? Well, the object through this one man, Jesus Christ. There's the object of our faith. And he says, how? For all who receive it will live in triumph. You have to receive it. And like Randy, thank you again, you know, shared at the beginning. You got to receive the gift of salvation. It begins with receiving God's gift. And I think if first Sunday in 2021, great way to start the new year. Put your faith in Jesus. Receive the gift. Put your faith in the right object. Jesus, Lord, Savior, salvation. Put it in him, not you. Quit trusting in yourself. Rest in Jesus' finished work, right? For salvation. And for those of you who are a believer this morning, rest in who you are in Christ. So if you're sitting here, and you're sitting here at home, we're going to do a little experiment of rest. Because some of you are sitting here and you're still amped. I can tell you're like, you're still like not relaxed. Take a deep breath if you're home. Take a deep breath and just literally relax into the chair. How many of you have actually relaxed a little bit more into the chair? You feel the chair. Like relax. Put your weight in the chair. Like, like sometimes we sit in a chair and we're like, we're so, it's like the chair is there to support you. Rest in the object of your faith. Just rest. I think some of us moving into 2021, we're we're hard chargers and we're going to take 2021 by storm and we're going to, and maybe God just like, you know what? Time out. Just rest in me. Rest in me. See, he, He was prepping because just in a few hours, the disciples' world was going to get turned upside down. They were going to come and arrest him and then 
Passion Week was going off. And right before that, he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. It's already a done deal. And I think for some of us this morning, we've been so riled up from nine months of pandemic and riled up with economics and riled up with, you know, the political situation that we hear, take heart, I have overcome the world, and we just, it doesn't, it just bounces right off. It just bounced right off. This morning for you here, this morning for you on live stream, <sighs> would you take heart? Would you be of good courage? He has overcome the world. He has overcome the world. It's a done deal. It's done. We are more than conquerors as you sit here. You have victory over sin and death as you sit here. You don't have to do anything to make it more real. You just have to rest in it. (laughs) Just rest in the fact. Your name is written in the book of life. There's nothing that's going to happen to you in 2021 that God is not in control over. Nothing. Nothing will separate us from the love of God. Nothing. So this morning, would you just rest? Just rest. Just be at peace. He has overcome the world. 1 Peter 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Again, that word hope in the Bible means confident expectation. Confidence. If you're a believer, you should have a living confidence. Not hope as in, oh no, I hope, I hope, I hope. That's not biblical hope. Biblical hope means confidence. A confident expectation. Are you here this morning? Are you ready to launch the rest of the day? The rest of the day, not even tomorrow. The rest of the day, get up from your seats and go. (laughs) Courage, living confidence in Jesus, right? I mean, radical transformation can happen because a lot of us are just passive. A lot of just kind of got bought into this victim mentality. A lot of it's just like, oh gosh, nope, nope. We got a living hope. Living, it's, it's confident expectation. It's a done deal. We should be alive in Christ. We should be alive in Christ, right? So we close, uh, before we sing a song, we close back to John sixteen thirty three. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, be courageous, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. What does that mean? Perfect tense. What he did back then continues January 3rd, 2021 for all of us. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you that we are good to go in 2021. It doesn't mean we're not going to have tribulation. In fact, Jesus said in John 16, 33, we are. It doesn't mean we're not good to go. Father, we are good to go because we are more than conquerors. We are good to go because, Jesus, you have overcome the world. We are good to go because we have victory over sin and death through Jesus. We are good to go because our name is written in the book of life. 
We are good to go because we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, the guarantee of our salvation. We are good to go. We are good to go because we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Father, if there's any people group on this planet who should be living with joyful, confident, courageous expectation, it is the church. It is the church. And so as we prepare for communion, we sing about a living hope. And we take this communion in remembrance of you, Jesus, not just your death, but your resurrection. And we understand that your death and resurrection this morning means that you overcame the world. And your victory is our victory. So we take communion today in victory. We take communion today uh, as, a, as a resounding affirmation that we are more than conquerors in Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. I pray for those this morning who are listening, who've never put their faith in you, Jesus, that they would. If you're here this morning on this January 3rd, 2021, you can put your faith in Jesus. You say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. You are the object of my faith. I trust you. I rest in you, Jesus. I believe you were crucified, you died, and you rose from the dead. I believe you paid the penalty for my sins. And Jesus, the best way I know how on this first Sunday of 2021, I'm trusting you. I'm resting in you, the object of my faith for my salvation. And for the church this morning, Father, we say to you, we rest in who we are in Christ. We rest in the truth that we are more than conquerors in Jesus. We rest in the truth that we have victory over sin and death. Father, into 2021, we want to be courageous. We want to be a good cheer so that it glorifies you, brings honor to you. You can fulfill your purpose in and through us. So we spend this time in song. We spend this time in communion. Thanking you for being our living hope.